0: This is On the Block with Strick and Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93.7-a-ticket veteran and Creed stand, Jake Backelman.
1: I love that man, Creed.
0: Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On-air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Strick Hold A very happy Wednesday to all of you. No, I am not Jake Bachman. He is currently in Omaha. I feel like I've been saying this the past two days. I will be saying it for the next Few days following this one, throughout next week, following week. Our man is in Omaha setting up for the College World Series, but that does not matter. Nate Brennan checking in from the water cooler. I'll be here all week next week. But I'm still joined by the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland. Nick's also joining us too. We're gonna have a little bit of a carryover from our last segment. So, if you heard the nonsense, I'll call it that was happening <laughs> in the last one, make sure you stick with us because we'll we'll be getting back into that. Four two four six four five six eight five. That's the Honda of Lincoln hotline starter Heyman, text line. If you guys want to jump in on this conversation, Strick, we have decided is the end-all, be-all. What he <laughs> says goes. The Husker Hall of Famer will decide the fate of this conversation. Strick, how are you doing, man? I'm
1: doing good. I'm going to try to be uh, diplomatic in this. It, <laughs> it seemed like it got really, really heated in the it debate. Did. was ramped up, and I... Um, it's a little steamy in uh, the It, 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 in. it, it you is. Know, shots were fired, and I didn't want to be in the midst of it. And, <laughs> right. And it looks like it was jumping off, so I said, let me stay out, but I will get in.
0: Now, <laughs> and now you don't really have too much of a choice, <laughs> yeah. so... Uh, again, it's on the block 402-464-5685. That's the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text Line. We want to hear from you guys too. Hear what you have to say about this conversation. So we'll pick up where we left off. And Trick, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. Basically, I asked Nick to start out the show the same question that I asked you <laughs> yesterday. Scott Frost will be the head coach of Nebraska going in the 2023 season. We both are buying. And then it kind of went down the rabbit hole that fans have this number that they put with Scott Frost. You have to have X amount of wins to be the, to still be the coach. And I said, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that. I think it depends on how you win games, how you lose games. And here's my scenario. You go 5-7, and seven, but you beat Wisconsin and Iowa. You finally get that monkey off your back, Scott. Frost gets his first wins against these programs. You, lo- you finish the losing streak. You're competitive, same to as last year. You're still 5-7. and seven. You're still not making a bowl game, but you're competitive in those games. And then the comparison that I brought up was Mike Riley, Bo Pelini. You go into big games, you get absolutely smoked. And then part of the discussion was how do those wins and losses look? So I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Strick. <clears throat> if Nebraska is five and seven, they play every game within one score, and they have wins against Wisconsin and Iowa. What does Trev Alberts and
1: Nebraska do with Scott Frost? That that is um, that's very interesting, and the reason being is um, you you that means you, you've lost some games to some very marginal teams, Right, maybe throwing Oklahoma. That means because of the way your schedule is laid out, um, that, that means you, you probably lost to Northwestern. You probably lost to Illinois again, Indiana
0: probably Indiana. is in that mix. So
1: you would have to be in that you, you win North, North Dakota and Georgia Southern, would you know, be those two. Right. So to me, that doesn't look very well, um, it puts you in that three and seven category to me again. I mean, I mean, what they just what they just came out of is it three and seven or that th- would
0: be three and seven going into those final two games? Then yeah. you'd ultimately be five. Five and seven. seven,
1: right? So that puts you in that same category for me of a three and nine season that you just had. So I would be very leery, especially of an extension um, of any sort at that point. I would probably allow. Um, the discussion to be had with regards to then I look at your perspective. If 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 I'm going into that, if I beat Iowa, which are in my division, mm-hmm. and Wisconsin, mm-hmm. then I take another look. If if I maybe Trav and not necessarily be sold on it, but have a discussion about it, and then look at the direction of where you've come from those games and how you beat. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. Those would be probably more of a determining factor for me. It wouldn't necessarily be that you beat them. It would be how you beat them. Did you dominate? Did you... Did, did, did areas of your weakness early on or areas of lack of discipline or areas of maybe turnovers or were any of those things shored up towards the end and then you beat them in a domineering fashion? If you just barely scrape by and, and won in the same manner as probably you lost and you lost mm-hmm. because of discipline issues or you lost because of turnovers or uh, penalties or things of that nature, then at that point I, I would probably say negative. Uh, but if you come out of it uh, in domineering fashion then I may take another look if I'm looking at players that maybe weren't uh, getting it in early on that you've Mm -hmm. now made adjustments and you said you know what listen I'm going to allow these guys if I'm going down I'm going down with a ship that's on my team that wants to be here or whatever the case may be I'm not playing to favorites or I'm not playing to to names or name brands or five stars or any of those things right I'm 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 playing for guys who are showing me, improving to me every week, and now we're seeing the progression of those guys and the development of those guys, and they're showing improving on Saturdays, then I may take another look. But other than that, if I don't see domineering fashion in those wins, no, I'm out.
0: Here, here's something that you said too that I want to bring up is you say the direction, so the direction of the program. That was part of my argument is – I, I know fans, a, a number that it keeps getting thrown out is eight or nine wins. And I, and I always think about Bo Pelini when we talk about eight or nine wins. Bo Pelini was let go when he had eight or nine wins. And I think the reason for that was the direction of the program. You didn't show up in big games. You weren't able to get over that hump. That's my only issue with getting rid of Scott Frost. is like There is still something to be said for a 3-9 football team that competes against a team that was in the playoff. That competes against an Ohio State that had a Heisman candidate. That competes against a Michigan State team on the road that made a New Year's Six Bowl. That was something that wasn't happening in the past regime. So yes, I understand that you're still losing those games. And it's still frustrating to have five wins. But the direction looks like you're headed in the right direction. So if you actually have a chance of beating those teams. Bo Pelini and, 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 and Mike Riley were losing games by 60. And you, these are games that you have to show up for
2: for the direction of your program to advance, and you couldn't do that. W- with that in mind, how did Nebraska lose Michigan State? Special teams. How are they losing games in 2018 and 2019? Special teams. How did Nebraska lose a lot of their games last year? Turnovers. How did they lose games in 2018, 2019? Turnovers. That's a great point. How did they, like, you talk about the direction, the only thing that changed last year was the scoreboard was closer. Because the defense was a top 40 defense was, in the country. It was good. Not the offense. When Scott Frost is an offensive-minded guy. So you have to keep that part in mind as well. Nebraska finally embraced the idea of, we are going to put our defense out there first because that's our better side of the ball. And, and once they did that, and once they fully they stopped denying that the defense was not the better side of the ball, mm-hmm. they started getting closer and closer and they started looking better and better. And that's what kept them in the game against Ohio State. But in the games against Ohio State, both in 2019 in 2021 and whatever, Michigan State, you're losing because of the same problems. And it's what Strick said and what I said last hour, undisciplined. So if you go out here in 2022 and you're losing games by one score, but you squeak two more out, and I don't care if it's against Wisconsin and Iowa, I don't care if it's against Minnesota and Illinois, If you squeak two out and you go five and seven, but you still lost to Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, Indiana, who is going to be god awful? Indiana's going to be bad because they lost they lost Michael Penix, right? If you lose to those teams because you turn over the football three times or because of special teams then you're not you're losing the same exact way as you lost in 2019 so that at that point you're not even talking about lack of development from 2022 to 20, or excuse me 2021 to 2022 you're talking about lack of development from 20, 20, 2018 to 2019 to 2020 to 2021 to 2022 lack of development over the span of 5 years and at that point after this season if that's still the case it's all goes back on Scott Frost because now the excuse of the same quarterback is out. Now the excuse of same offensive coordinators has been tried three separate times. That's the th- It's going to be the third offensive coordinator that Nebraska's had in five years. Th- like there's the- All the excuses are going to be taken away because they're, they're, you're not going to be able to use the excuse of Adrian Martinez is still the quarterback. You're not going to be able to use the excuse of well, Matt Lubick, is he really calling the plays or is Scott Frost? Because... That's why they brought in Mark Whipple. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to use the excuse of they don't have talent because you cannot tell me that on paper this team does not have talent in the wide receiver room or guys that can beat mediocre defensive backs for Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue you, like out of a route. Like You just can't tell me that because you just said over the, the break that Trey Palmer's a five-star. But if Trey Palmer doesn't go out and have a good season, who's, whose fault is that? Is that Trey Palmer's or is that lack of development? Like, I just wonder at what point here in this this tenure of Scott Frost do we put our foot down and say, and look at the grand scheme of things when you talk about development, which is ultimately what Nebraska needs most right now, when you look at 2018 and you look at 2019 and they're losing the same way that they did those years as they are now in 2022... When do you put your foot down? That and just say, means that, that you're not, you're not growing.
0: Basically, what you're saying though is that you're putting a number on Scott Frost. You're saying you have to get to this number of no, wins. No, and that's I, just, not I it hate at all. doing that. I, I don't. You think are. I, hear,
1: I, I don't think just being an objective voice in in this particular instance and in, in sitting on the outside. I don't think I hear that. I do understand both perspectives. Um, I will say that based on the arguments, I I'm leaning Nick's. Nick's argument a little bit better because that is very compelling when you when you look at it but I I do agree with both parties I mean this this is not a disagreement or Mm -hmm. one party is like (laughs) one party is like way out in space that's what makes this whatever that's That's what makes this
2: that's what makes this so this whole conversation so difficult is because every Nebraska fan including myself including Strick, including Nate wants Scott Frost to be the coach Mm -hmm. And we just want it so bad that we're we're telling ourselves what this imaginary solution is, or what the what this ideal situation is of what needs to happen for him to be able to <clears throat> be coming back next year and get an extension. Like that's another thing you have to remember is this thing has to look good by week six. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, it's not by week twelve. It's by week six because that's when that's the bio happens. happens. So if Nebraska mm-hmm. is three and seven, or I guess it would be I don't know. Let's throw out two and four, and their only two wins are North Dakota and Georgia Southern. After week 6 are you really keeping him?
1: I think there's nuance to it but that that changes the dynamic. I mean you're looking at 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 week 6 like, you're having to make a decision. Like Trevis and Trevis so is most
2: Trevis is, is the most no-nonsense guy that you'll ever meet. Like and and he's shown that over his first less than almost a full year, little over a full year as being that Nebraska's athletic director. He cares about the details. He cares about um, transparency between him and the coaching staff, and he cares about Nebraska, and he—it's no nonsense. He wants the job done, and it's—if you're two and four, and nothing seems to be pointing in the right direction, and you have a a, a three point win against Georgia Southern, and you have a, a ten point win against North Dakota, but you're still turning over the football. That's what I'm saying: is you could you could turn over the football three times against North Dakota and still win by ten points.
0: Here's here's part of the issue that I have though with saying this is that, yes, Nebraska, record-wise, win-losses, which everyone looks at, is, is not going to be set up in a good spot. But you also look at a team like Iowa, who has that, which is what I said last segment, if, if you want to chime in on this trick, is that you look at a team like Iowa, who has that eight or nine-win football program that everyone is just so desperately seeking. I would not say Iowa is any closer than Nebraska to making a playoff, going to a playoff, winning the Big Ten. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, Iowa won nine games. They did exactly what Nebraska fans want nine games. Guess what happened when they played Michigan? They lost 42-3. to Guess what happened when Nebraska played Michigan? They lost by three points. Iowa might be a 9-1 football team. They might have the glamorous win-loss that everyone wants. They're no closer than Nebraska is. There's just so much more that goes into it besides win-loss. There's so much more. I would say Nebraska is in a better position to win the Big Ten than Iowa is right now.
1: I think there's I think there's a lot of nuance to this this conversation. It's it's very uh, uh, it's very gray. It, it is this yeah. this is definitely not a black and white issue. But what here's here's part of what my my solution would be. I think Nick makes a good point at week six. That part you're 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 on point because I agree with you that Nebraska is no mm-hmm. in, in Iowa in no way is. In better shape or form, and they've got I, the nine I agree wins, well. but so I agree. they're they're not in a I'm great spot. With that. I think their defense was good, but here's my yeah. point. My point is the nuance of it is I think that you probably make a decision mm-hmm. on Scott Frost at that point. I also think you look interim internal. I think so as well. You look interim internal, give shot, see where program goes from that point, Bingo. and then at the end of the and at the end of that session, decide is this your guy to help develop this team or take this team mm-hmm. to the next road how did they fare in these last games mm-hmm. they got to go through the gauntlet did they did they handle did the they gauntlet compete? at 2 and 3 did they, did they win 3 and 0 yeah, right. or did they yeah did they fall dramatically short right did they rally around this guy exactly so you you look you get a chance oh, yeah. to look at that you 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 get yourself out of that bind and then you go from there and you decide What's out there in the marketplace? Is there somebody that would be a, a, a good type of hire for us? Is there a transitional guy? Do we want this guy? Can he take what we've built? Because you've got foundational pieces you do. in that abs- locker room abs- right now. Both, I don't care Both what in say. players and coaches. I agree. I'd agree. You've got foundational pieces. So that's where I don't want to lose out on.
2: What, what's interesting, Nate, is you, you mentioned you know, Nebraska and Iowa and kind of making that correlation. Um, I, I want I to uh, make this statement as well. Nebraska would want to be where I was at this year, in 2022. Long term, I wouldn't. But in 2023, they're going to expect progress from that, and that's oh, that's that's what you want. That's what you want out of a out of an administration. You want out of a coaching staff. So you you say like you know, and this goes back to last hour, and I'll kind of feel stricken on this as well. But nine wins is great this year and yes it's putting a number on it i understand that but nine wins is good this year because you're winning the games you're supposed to win and you're disciplined while doing it that's that's something that nebraska has that nebraska that's something that nebraska hasn't had but then it's what's going to keep nebraska fans won't be happy with iowa and that's why nebraska fans were ultimately not happy with bow is because right. you were you were you were you know just stuck in a, in a rut at nine wins so then you have to ask the question of what is it going to take to take your program to the next level? And Strick, I was telling Nate this last hour, is now you're sitting here in the era of college football with the transfer portal, and going, we can develop guys. This is where Nebraska's missed out a lot. They've, they've shown success through the portal. Mm-hmm. Whether, it Ture, whether it's Samari um, Toure, whether it's Casey Thompson this year, things like that, those instant impact guys. But now what the part that they've been missing this last four years has been the development piece. Right. So if they can first show that the development piece is there, then they're gonna be able to go out and only get three or four guys from the portal that are instant impact that's gonna take them over the top. Gotcha. Because the, the guys this that they're the guys that they're able to develop will get them those eight, nine wins. But what's gonna take you out of getting stuck in a rut and take you to that next level where you're able to compete with Ohio State is number one the discipline, but number two, the Kenneth Walkers of the world the the Casey Thompsons of the world and, and maybe your your guys that you're going to get out of the portal aren't at skill positions maybe it's shoring up the offensive line Whether, maybe it's getting a guy like a Joshua Youngblood from Kansas State who's a who's a dynamic special teams returner or or, or an Aaron Cruickshank from Wisconsin at the time that were that went to Iowa or Rutgers I can't remember which team it was like maybe that's the missing piece because then you're able to assess or you're able to ask yourself what's that one piece or one, two pieces that we're missing that's going to take us to the next level.
1: Before we go to break, let's take that caller and then we'll yeah. we'll finish up and tap back in. Yeah, we'll.
2: All right, uh, we're going to head to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Chris, Chris, what's on your mind, man?
0: Hey guys, yeah, 9 wins in the West, may well get you to the conference championship game. Um you're right. well, we're talking about the Big 10 West here. And the problem with Nebraska is which they really haven't addressed in the off season. Is the big problem isn't that we lose to the East teams, it's lose it we get trucked by Minnesota. The power running teams in the West truck us. Yeah. And I, and we haven't addressed we, we lost our best interior defensive guy mm-hmm. and we don't know what we have for an interior defense. Uh, and that may well get much worse this year of uh, the interior
1: defensive line. I think that's the um, question mark. That is that's a good point. That is the question mark point. of what we have.
2: Well, and Chris, to your point, you know, you you yeah, make thanks for the call, Chris. So Chris makes an interesting point, and I'll actually flip it around to Nebraska's offense because this, I'll have to leave. After this we got to take a yeah, yeah I'll leave make it after your this point cause we got to take absolutely right. yeah. So after I mean, so what's interesting? You can flip it around. Nebraska has played teams where they see what formula could work in the Big Ten West, and yet they still hesitate to switch their mm-hmm. offensive game plan. They mm-hmm. still hesitate, and, and so that's where Nebraska and Scott Frost specifically can't get out of his own way. And the lack of ability to make adjustments, whether it's in-game or whether it's season to season. Mm,
1: Good point. We got to take a break right now. We'll be back. 93.7 The Ticket, The Ticket FM. Great stuff. Great stuff. Good debate. We love it. We'll be right back on the block as soon as we get through these commercials. Peace.